Well, I am excited to have Lisa Marsak here today on our L3 podcast. Lisa, welcome to the L3 podcast. Thanks. It's so good to be here. It's great to have you here. Uh, Lisa, just tell us briefly uh, what you do in life, uh, where you're serving in ministry. We just want to know you before mm -hmm. we talk about our subject matter today. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure thing. Um, I serve at Bridger Church in Clarkson, yeah. and we've been doing it for the last 20 years. Yeah. We were able to plant the church with five other couples and started really small, and it just keeps sure growing. Did. Yeah. And yeah. We're really thankful that God has allowed us to do that. My husband and I started as worship pastors and yeah. over 20 years, obviously, have been stretched to other capacities along the way. Sure. So I still get to leave worship on occasion, um, but I also teach and preach, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and your church is just an amazing church, and God has done great things. I remember being at the building uh, where you guys started and uh, you inherited, and and I will tell you, there were more flies in that building than I've ever seen in a church building ever. So Absolutely. I'm glad it's been replaced with actual people instead of flies. And God has done so much great work. Uh, uh, you know, today our subject matter is talking about being fully you uh, while being a leader in the church. And obviously, Lisa, you've led worship. Uh, you have an incredible voice. You're a, you do special music. I think you've done some acting along the way in yeah, skits, sure. plays, things like that. Uh, I think you're a creative voice at that church. You've also uh, are a preacher. You're a mom. You're a spouse. Uh, your mm -hmm. husband and you serve in ministry together. You're part of the team. Uh, you're a parent. Mm -hmm. You're a sister. You're a daughter. Mm -hmm. you're, you're a person. And mm -hmm. one of the struggles I think that can happen in ministry is that we find ourselves at times, um, our identity becomes what we do instead of who we are. Mm -hmm. Instead of bringing our identity to the ministry, ministry yeah. can become our identity. Mm -hmm. uh, that can come from within and from external pressures. Mm -hmm. um, how you view yourself, what people think you should be like as a leader. And so today I want to talk about how have you navigated this important subject of how to stay true to who you are. Mm -hmm. Um, ministry is going to affect you. We all know that, but mm -hmm. how to, how to still be Lisa while you lead. Um, mm -hmm. that would be a great podcast if you started on Lisa while you lead. Um, <laughs> uh, but before we do that, just, I want to hear your heart. So people understand, because I think you have a natural love for ministry serving. Mm -hmm. Um, why is ministry important to you? I gave my heart to the Lord when I was 10. Yeah. Um, I came from a home that didn't really know anything about God right. and by his grace, we stumbled into the doors of a church sure. um, when they were in desperate need. Mm. And so I think even at 10, I just knew that God had ultimately changed my life right. without really fully knowing how he right. was going to change my you life. You knew something changed, but you, yeah. now you look back and can see the whole story. Yeah. Yeah, right. And honestly, at a young age, I couldn't imagine doing anything. Nothing seemed more fun yeah. than to do that right. forever. Right. And I was like, if God would ever call me, that would be like, the cherry, you right. know, on the Sunday. Yeah. And when he did, I was just like, oh. and yeah. so there's really honestly nothing I could ever see myself doing outside of that. Right. Um, and honestly, you know, as you grow in it, your heart, of course, you grow in the Lord and um, his heartbeat becomes your heartbeat. Right. And now there is not, there's nothing that yeah. I enjoy more than helping people encounter God. Yeah. You know, uh, it's one of the greatest callings that we have. And, yeah. and I, I've, I said this in previous podcasts, you know, I think if we talked about what's right in ministry, we'd have the energy to fix what's wrong. Oh, sure. But way too often we focus on what's wrong and it wipes mm -hmm. out all of our energy. Mm -hmm. And so it's nice to hear how people love that. And I yeah. love what you said. God's heartbeat becomes yours. You know that I think that's key to our subject matter as we mm -hmm. move forward is 
Um, it's God's heartbeat and God's identity in you, yeah. not other heartbeats mm-hmm. and other things that even selfish motivations that can creep sure. up while you're in ministry. How have you grown over the course of your life while you've served in ministry? How is it from that 10 year old girl who mm-hmm. experienced Jesus to now we talked, you said it's been a, a looking back, you can see it. How has that affected you? What have you grown in? What, what has ministry done to you mm. in a good way? In a, in a good, good way. way. Yeah, in a good way. Well, I mean, in a joking way, it's given me thick skin, right? Yeah, like right. along no, the way, true. ministry yeah. will do that to you. Um, it has to. At some level, you yeah. have to, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Grown me, you know, honestly, I think when I started, I was young yeah. um, at Bridgewood. Yeah. And Kurt took a risk yeah. in bringing us on and really believing in us to do those things. And so I think in the beginning, I was just like, I just need to serve Jesus with my calling. Right. I'm very focused on whether we were being successful. Were right. Sean and I being successful in what we're doing? Right. And as I've grown, I feel like God has really enlarged my capacity mm-hmm. and my vision to see that if you win, Aaron, yeah. then I win. Right. The gospel wins. Right. Everybody wins. And so one of my greatest joys now is actually championing, championing the other people who are in our staff or mm. around us to say, I want to see you win. Yeah. Because we all win right. together. Right. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And, and that's important on our subject because you know, what you're doing is, is you're validating the identity of who they are as a person inside of this ministry calling that sort of envelops us. Um, as you go through ministry, you talked about thick skin. Um, and, and, you know, I think you have unique, I've learned this as I've gone through this last two years of, of, uh, almost two years of being superintendent. Um, I've really embrace and understand the unique challenges of women in ministry. Mm -hmm. I'm a champion for women in Mm -hmm. ministry. I am a hundred percent sold on that. And, uh, quite frankly, I don't have a lot of patience for people who don't see Mm -hmm. the gift of God's calling in women in ministry, Uh, but also as a mom and as a, as a spouse and as a minister yourself and as a, a specific roles, um, how can ministry try to force a person into changing who they are uh, to meet the expectations of others. Yeah. We always have expectations. People always will have thoughts, yeah. but uh, there's a difference between expectations that come and you say, okay, I understand that's there. And then when you internalize expectations, how mm-hmm. have you, um, or describe how ministry can try to do that to a person? Sure. Um, honestly, if I look at it from the lens of like when I first started and I don't think that I was first woman to ever step onto sure. a, you know into a pulpit or anything like that but it still was kind of new yeah um and so that was challenged initially from the beginning yeah. so ministry really had to make me say who gave me my calling right and who doesn't because we had some we have multiple people in the beginning yeah. kurt was able to identify early on that there was some yes sean and i were called together but there was a distinct call upon Absolutely. my life yeah. um, a gift to speak right. and so the first couple times he put me in the pulpit there were some people who had some big eyes mm-hmm. and um there was a particular sunday where we had a man who was going to make a silent protest and wow. he waited till i got a good way into my intro and then yeah. he stood up silently for a minute or two standing standing oh my goodness and then he and his wife left and I had to just keep going. Yeah. And in that type of a moment, ministry, right? The people around you, their expectations make you demand you right. to make a decision right. of did God call you and what is his expectation of you? Or are you going to follow what their expectation is? Right. Um, and I had to just make a choice, right. you know, and roll with it and yeah. say, no, I know who called me and that's how I'm going to follow. Right. Um, 
And whether you like it or not, I'm sorry. Right. But his is the voice that matters. Yeah. And that's where I'm, I'm going with it. You and know? that's hard to do uh, because you get opinions on all things. You know, the sermon you didn't preach well, or you didn't handle that text the way somebody wished you had, or sure. uh, the event you planned that kind of didn't have the success you hoped. When mm-hmm. those expectations come from the outside, you talked about choice. Um, how do you just make a choice? You know, for some, that's easier. Others, mm-hmm. that's difficult. I know mm-hmm. for me, it took me years to learn how to make the choice that mm-hmm. while your opinion still matters because you're a person that matters to God, sure. your opinion doesn't have to become my identity. Yeah, um, That's a different thing. I, I think yeah. some pastors might be uh, defensive and say, mm-hmm. well, your opinion doesn't matter at all. Well, their opinion matters, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to change who you are. How does somebody navigate that choice moment? That moment when you're mm-hmm. like, uh, in that case, um, people don't like me because I'm a female pastor mm-hmm. versus I know God called me and I'm okay. Even if you don't like it. Yeah. When those choice moments come in any avenue of ministry, how do you make that choice? How do you mm-hmm. talk yourself into the courage to choose a healthy way yeah. versus allowing that? And have you had seasons where that identity of something mm-hmm. has affected you and you had to course correct? How would you mm-hmm. walk us through that? Sure. Well, I think in regards to that initial encounter I was talking about, I had an amazing pastor who had my back. There you go. And that made all the difference. Right. And it was like having a constant shield in front of me Mm. to let me, he was helping me blaze a trail and he took bullets and he took heat. I love that. Actually, our church had a small like split in the very beginning because he had to make a decision. Yeah. Do I believe this or don't I? Right. And then if I do, we're going. Yeah. And Lisa, you just follow me and I'll make the way for I you. I love that. And that a gift. That, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So I, and that's a blessing to me. Right. I didn't have to fight for it because right. he paved the way mm. for me. I love that. You know, um, in regard though to just like their opinions about how I handle anything, right. I am a um, demonstrative worshiper. Yeah. And um, I just believe that when I'm there, yeah. my moment to minister is to Jesus. Right. Right. So I'm going to give him what he is worthy of. Yeah. And I've had some people who haven't understood that either sure. along the way. Yeah. Um, and I think that has been more the tougher road because that's just personal right. to my nature, to right. how God's called me, to my flavoring, you know, all of that. And um, there have been moments when I've been like, no, I'm going to like pull back today. Mm-hmm. Because, because maybe, someone's going to Yeah, because be maybe I'm yeah. making them uncomfortable. Right. And later I was like, but did I give joy to the father? Mm, mm. Was there, you know, opinion or thought, you know, worth that sacrifice? Right. And then I finally was like, no, it's never worth that sacrifice. Right. His joy is the most important. Right. And um, so it just had to go from there. Yeah. And I think that's true. It's really where your focus is on who called you, who gifted you, who mm-hmm. anointed you. Um, how have you been able to be? Because Lisa, every time I'm around you, you're fully you. And I don't know if that phrase makes sense, but you're just you. You're you for decades now. I've known you in different ways. And um, everyone I know, my mom, my wife, everyone I know just says, she's just you. You're just you all the time. That's such an amazing quality in ministry uh, because it creates consistency. Mm -hmm. It helps people feel comfortable in their own skin. Um, how have you been able to be fully you and why is this important? And, and I want to focus on the why is this important? How do you think that empowers other people in a local church? Oh, sure. Yes. Talk to us about that. Um, authenticity has always been really important to me. Yeah. I use this analogy and I don't even know if it's a good one, but <laughs> most people like ice cream. Yeah. 
and they might have a favorite flavor. And if yours is mint chocolate chip, that's great. I reject mint chocolate chip for the record. Just so you know, I think mint chocolate chip has tainted regular chocolate chip. And it's like you're brushing your teeth while you're eating ice cream. I'm just saying. Okay, but, thanks but, for the clarification. But, but go ahead. I may have ruined your analogy, but go ahead. So pretend there's mint chocolate chip. Go ahead. Yes. Well, do, um, no matter how what flavor it is, yeah, right. right? Ice cream's still good. It is, yeah. And I've just come to realize that I probably will not be everyone's flavor of the day. That's good. And that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Right. But I was created to be this way and I just have to be that way. And I will say this though, Mm. it comes from watching other people around you live it out well. Yeah. So I think it's interesting. You brought up your mom. Yeah. Your mom. Yeah. Has walked that out Mm. in the most amazing way. Oh, yeah. When she stepped into being a superintendent's wife, yeah. she did not in any way, shape, or form bend to just who was before her. Yeah. I have to act this way. I yeah. have to do ministry this way. She was unashamedly her Karen. Yeah, she was. And that to me was her legacy. Mm. Everyone loved her yeah. for being authentically her, mm. gravitated to her. They wanted to be near her because they knew there wasn't anything fake about her. Right. It wasn't a facade. No. And then as legacy would have it, your wife, I feel like, yeah. is doing the exact same wow. thing. She doesn't even have to try to step into her mother-in-law's role right. or footsteps, but she's going to be her. And yeah. that's what we need, yeah. which I think leads us to the why. Why do we need it? Because yeah. I think our world sees enough fake. It sees mm. enough filters. Yeah. It knows when it's seeing something something that isn't the real thing. And it wants to peer behind the curtain of the perfect pastor, quote unquote, right? Which, which there is no such thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it says, show me something that's real. Yeah. And on the flip side, when we are imperfect pastors, as we really are, when we say something goofy from the pulpit, they can know we're not just polished. Right. Right. But we're personal. Right. When we screw up and we make a mistake, yeah. they can learn from us saying, I'm sorry, I missed it here. Let me correct that and watch us be humble. Right. Right. And humble ourselves in that moment. They can learn from our mistakes as much as they can learn from the areas where we're strong. And so I think it's vital yeah. that we show them that authenticity matters. Well, and especially with the young generation, you know, yes. behind us and everyone has a generation behind us, you know, at mm-hmm. our age, we're, we're Gen X but we have millennials and Z's behind us and whatever term we're going to, we're going to run out of alphabet letters here at some point, (laughs) but they're watching. And, and I think the more authentic we are in ministry, the more authentic the people in our churches are, and the more authentic we are to win the gospel, to win the message of the day with a culture that isn't real. Yeah. Um, I think that's why we're probably not winning people to crisis because people don't see authenticity in the church like they used to. And, Mm -hmm. and I think that's really important. How have you, Lisa, put boundaries when, when, uh, to protect your uniqueness, to protect the, the Lisa, Mm -hmm. when people have come, opinions have come, you've talked a little bit about deciding to be, but are there any practical things you do um, that just put a, a border around your life that says, I'm just going to continue to be me. Not, not that you're not wanting to grow or someone can't speak in your life, mm-hmm. but I'm talking about the unhealthy side when people try to control your life through mm-hmm. words or actions. What boundaries have you put in place that help you and Sean and your family or, or just you as an individual to stay healthy and stay uniquely you? Mm-hmm. 
I would say a practical boundary would be having people surround me who yeah. know the real me and Good. giving them absolute permission to say, if you see something that isn't authentic or genuine or real, I want you to call me out on that. Yeah. I want you to identify that and help me see what I don't see. Good. Um, because there are times I think we can even be deceived ourselves yeah. into thinking we're being authentic in a moment right. when maybe we're really not. Right. Um, that's been really important. I, there have been times I think we need to be um, authentic to our season too. Ooh, that's Not good. just like who we are as a person, but to our season. So for a long time, I was very active in the church, doing everything all the time weekly. But then we had our youngest son and I just knew, I felt yeah. the Lord saying, will you lay that down yeah. to shift your focus for a while? And I had people who would say, we really miss you leading, Lisa. Sure. Yeah. They liked the flavor. Right. And I don't blame them for that. Right. But I'm like, this is a season where I have to pour into my children and I have to do what the Lord is calling me again to do. Absolutely. And I have to remain focused on that. And so I don't think they meant it in any way from flattery standpoint. It was just something they really genuinely appreciated. Yeah. But I, we had to just say this was a decision that we made as a family and we got to push through, you know. So it, it's being authentic in all kinds of ways to yeah. your character, to your nature, to your seasons, right. all of it. Yeah. And that that's why you're you is because as individuals and for all the ministers and ministries and uh, missionary leaders that are listening to this podcast, I think what Lisa is saying is so profound is that in different seasons, you still have to be you, but you have to be accountable to who you are in the season that mm -hmm. it needs you to be. Yeah. But you're not accountable to other people's expectations and mm -hmm. opinions, even when people like the flavor mm -hmm. of the worship leading or the speaking or whatever it is. There are seasons where you being you is more important than being the you to them. Yeah. And I think that is absolutely brilliant. Um, have you ever had a season when you felt unhealthy with expectations of other people? Um, uh, and, and what advice might you give to pastors, missionaries, uh, leaders who are listening to this to refine themselves mm -hmm. as who they authentically are? I, I'll tell you one quick story. A friend of mine called me not too long ago and he said, uh, he's in ministry, uh, not in our state. He called me and he said, I'm really struggling. And I said, what? He said, I started to believe my own headlines and my, mm -hmm. my success started to outreach my character. Mm -hmm. And he said, and I realized if I kept down this road, my character flaws were going to show. And I said, what are you doing? He said, in my success, I'm slowing everything down in my personal life to get back to building my character mm -hmm. so I can be who I am to sustain what God's doing. That's good. I think there are these moments where we have in ministry where we go, whoa, whoa, this hurt my heart and it's affecting me and I'm changing who I am to meet this thing. Mm -hmm. What? What have you done in those seasons if you've had those? And if you haven't, what advice would you give to someone listening to this today who may say, I've kind of lost myself in this identity thing mm -hmm. and I need to get back to being, you know, for you, it's Lisa, for me, it's Aaron, but whoever they are, I need to get yeah. back to being themselves. Yeah, I did face that really. Okay. Um, I think that when we had our youngest son and the Lord asked me, would you lay down being mm -hmm. a worship leader? I did not realize how much that had become an identity yeah. for me. Mm. And so then to shift seasons, I was like, but that's what I used to do. Am, who am I right. in that? And it was a struggle. And so there were times that I would come to church and I would feel very meh. Like it's the mm -hmm. only way I can explain it. Yep. And I've come to learn, at least for me, that your emotions aren't supposed to lead you, but your emotions definitely help guide you oh, to something that's deeper. That's and good. if you pay attention to them, you can dig to the root. Yeah. And so every time I would come and I'd feel a little off, 
why am I feeling off? What's at the root of that? And when you drill down, you'll find, is it because I'm striving for someone's approval? Am I people pleasing? Am I lost in perfectionism? Like what is, it could be a myriad of things. Is it pride? Is it success? Yeah, all that, yeah. But really paying attention and not just ignoring the emotions that we have. I love what you just said. I think that's one of the best statements I've heard. Your your emotions shouldn't be leading you, but they should be guiding you. They, mm-hmm. You got to pay attention yeah. to what you're feeling. You got to sure. pay attention to why. I think what you just said, Lisa, is so great. It's why is this bothering mm-hmm. me? What is it about me that this is bothering or affecting in a negative right. way? Um, if someone finds themselves in that spot, um, I think what you said is great, but one last thing of advice. What mm-hmm. would you tell them of how to get back to being their authentic themselves? Well, I love what your friend did. Slow yeah. down. To me, you have to encounter your creator. He's the one who defined you. He's the one who called you. He's the one who created you. Right. Let him speak into that, right? Like, But if we keep going and pushing and doing the very next thing and we don't slow down and pause to have that moment, we'll miss it. Yeah. And then we will continue in the striving or whatever else we're doing. And then I think the other thing is, is you need to get outside help. Yeah. Get help. Good. There was a season when Sean and I needed some help yeah. and we went to Converge Coaching yeah. and they helped us. Good. And that was valid to us awesome. and, and so important to us to continue and to keep continuing. And yeah. we want to continue for years to come. Right. Sometimes outside help gives us inside fix. Yes. And uh, I think you need, like you said, people to surround you, mm-hmm. professional help, mm-hmm. outside yourself help. And I think that's what you're doing today by yeah. coming on this podcast is for all the leaders who are listening, if you find yourself in that spot, listen to the words Lisa said. Surround yourself with people who can tell you the truth. Build up some boundaries and identity in Christ again, not in the identity of mm-hmm. what you do. What you do is less important than who you are Amen. in Christ. And get outside help when you need it. And slow down and mm-hmm. breathe and become a person, mm-hmm. not an identity and a position. Yeah. I think that's so good. Lisa, this has been fantastic. Uh, I'm so thankful for your ministry. I'm thankful for you and your husband, thankful for your family, your mm-hmm. church, the leadership you've provided as a as a minister of the gospel. And I thank you for your wisdom today. I believe this has been helpful to so many people. So thanks for coming on and sharing your heart and sharing your life with us. Thank you for having me, Aaron. Go ahead.